Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you. If you would, um, turn around and going to talk for a while. Also, uh, later on, I will ask that everybody join me in reading through the short version of the Satipatthana Sutta that we have, the one that says frames of reference. So everybody should have a copy that has been emailed to them and have a possibility of, of looking at that. And if you can't, if you cannot access it, please let us know. So I'm going to start. I start with some prepared remarks, uh, guidelines for the for the intensive, and and reflections on why we're studying this particular sutra. Sutra sutta depends on whether you're using Sanskrit or Pali. Um, and. Um, just, uh, and then we will read together. So that's going to take, that will, I, I imagine, uh, take up some of at least one of the um, Kinhen and or Zazen periods that we have planned for tonight. So and Stephanie's ready to adjust and we'll just, we'll just have to adjust as that goes along. So thank you. Okay, so welcome to the January 2024 20, Integrated Practice Intensive, which I'm co-leading with Apamata Zen mentor, Kim Mosley. The theme of this intensive is the Satipatthana Sutta. Uh, Satipatthana meaning establishing mindfulness or foundation of mindfulness, something like that. Uh, what Kim and I are going to explore with you will be what amounts to a brief refresher course uh, for uh, uh, that's based on a, a series of classes that Peg offered in 2019, so almost five years ago. Um, it was really masterful. And if you want to hear all of those classes, you have the opportunity to do so just by going to SoundCloud and search for Apamada and Satipatthana. Um, and I've been listening to them all week. Um, Kim and I have also been studying a number of sources for our talks. The main one is a book called Satipatthana Meditation, a practice guide by Bhikkhu Analayo. Uh, he's a, uh, a Buddhist practitioner who was born in Germany in 1962. He's a Theravadan priest and a scholar who lives in Sri Lanka and has written quite a lot about aspects of Satipatthana. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll take turns reading aloud from a, a Satipatthana Sutta by another teacher, Bhikkhu Janisaro. It has the advantage of being about 40% uh, shorter than the other version we were considering reading from. Uh, it leaves out the refrains. Uh, so it's about seven pages long instead of 12 pages long. Um, and, uh, but I want, I want to read something now from the Buddha's opening lines in the Sutra. The Blessed One said this, this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and, and distress, for the attainment 
of the right method for the realization of unbinding. So let me read that again. This is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and distress, for the attainment of the right method for the realization of unbinding. The Buddha says a monk, speaking gendered language, of course, the Buddha says a monk can travel this direct path first by adopting an attitude. Uh, that is the attitude of being ardent. Anybody have a question about what it is to be ardent? Good. Alert and mindful. And further, by putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. So you, it's just a, a focus inward and a focus uh, on what is close by. Don't get involved with greed and distress with reference to the world. Just have that in mind. And taking up these qualities, the way a worker would pick up a tool, the body, uh, I'm sorry, the Buddha says the monk can then focus and remain focused on four things, the body or the anatomy, feelings, the mind, and mental qualities, um, all in and of themselves, again, without reference to greed or distress related to the outside world. How long does that process take to take this direct path to unbinding, to the di disappearance of pain and distress, to the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation? Um, there's an amazing answer to that question of how long at the end of the sutra itself. If you have read ahead, don't, don't spoil the ending now. We're going to get there. The, the way that um, Stephen Batchelor puts it in Buddhism Without Beliefs, the Buddha realized and addressed for himself the fact that we humans almost always exist in a trance, a trance state that keeps us unhappy and keeps us bound to a false conception of ourselves and the world. But he found that it was possible to wake up out of the trance. And he spent the rest of his life teaching people how to wake up. And this, um, this sutra, or sutta, pardon me, is a compendium of many of those uh, teachings about methods and, and aspects of our interior life and relations to the world that we can focus on that all have the same goal to relieve distress, limitation, and pain and sorrow. Um, with this intensive, we get a special opportunity to revisit some of the Buddha's most important teachings about awakening from the, awakening from the trance. And indeed, this is the most important uh, document in the Theravadan tradition, it's treated that way. Uh, remembering what the Buddha said, a monk should embody, I want to give some guidelines for this intensive that we'll follow this weekend that can help us all be ardent, alert, and mindful, and to put aside greed and distress with reference to the world. Um, and what I'm going to say next is words that I've heard maybe two dozen times from Peg and Flint and other leaders of, of intensives here. I think they're very beautiful and, and very meaningful. So it begins, practice intensives are a gift we create for ourselves and each other. It is a gift of space, silence, respect for each person's containment, 
and an expression of mutual care through our work and practice together. Please take advantage of this rare opportunity by bringing yourself wholeheartedly to your practice in every moment. Silence is our most important container. Make every effort to mindfully maintain silence, except during practice discussion, group inquiry, or any question and answer sessions following talks. <clears throat> during work periods, keep silence except for the briefest possible questions or discussions necessary to the work. Do not make eye contact or signal each other, protecting each other's practice. This itself is a very difficult and demanding practice, particularly for those connecting online who will be at home. But as we are taking the backward step, as Dogen puts it, and turning our light inward to rest in mindful awareness, we provide for each other the protection and support for this shift. Notice the natural tendency to scatter, to scatter your energies in a transition from zazen to standard from meditation periods to work periods, meals or breaks. Be alert and curious about whatever is arising without any attempt at manipulation. Please follow this, the schedule completely. Each person should have a copy of the schedule and there are, I know Kevin's posted them online as well. Uh, be on time for zazen, for meals, for work practice, for talks. Uh, in the Zen tradition, on time means at least five minutes before the start of an activity. There will be a set of clackers uh, before a sitting period that follows a break. When you hear them, please come at once to the Zendo. Whether in the Zendo or online, take good care of your space, keeping it neat and orderly. It is your practice home for the intensive. Before leaving uh, the Zendo, if you are here, or before leaving your space um, in your home, make sure your cushions are straight and aligned and that any personal belongings are neatly arranged. Keep the rakasu you are wearing, if you have one, at your space on top of your cushion or chair with a point facing the front. You may change to a chair or bench or get an additional cushion or support during any break, including walking meditation. Uh, for those in the Zendo, there are empty cushions and empty chairs in case you need to change from a cushion to a chair or vice versa. If more chairs are needed, they can be brought from the side room. You may also use the restroom during walking meditation. Please wait for the second clapper that starts the walking meditation before leaving the Zendo or your personal space. Intensive work by concentrating the energy we normally dissipate in our distractions and busyness. Allow yourself to be immersed in silence and stillness here as much as possible. This is extremely important in support of each person's practice and it presents great challenges during an integrated intensive. Please avoid using computers, cell phones, a television or other devices during the time of the intensive, except for emergencies. And do not read materials not related to the intensive. Again, the difficult practice. When we take a break like this, we can notice our automatic and sometimes frantic clinging to habits of distraction. But this is the best way to fully experience this time 
uh, this gift of time and space. Uh, beginning tonight, both Kim Mosley and I will offer practice discussion. The assignments, let's see, okay, that will start at 825. The assignments uh, are listed on the schedule that you have. Uh, who, who is going to be speaking with whom at what time. And um, please make an effort to uh, notice those ahead of time so that you can respond quickly. There, there are enough people participating in the, in the intensive that uh, we have to pay attention quite carefully to the schedule for this. So, so let's turn to the next part rather than go into Sazen or, or Kinhin. Yeah, let's turn to the next part. If you have a copy uh, that you can access either in front of you or online, um, it is, uh, let's just read through this whole thing. And it's going to take us about 20 minutes. Um, and um, I will start. I heard that on one occasion, the Blessed One was staying in the Kuru country. Now there is a town of the Kurus called Kamasadama. There the Blessed One addressed the monks. Monks, Lord, the monks replied. The Blessed One said this, this is the direct path for the purification of beings. <clears throat> for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and distress, for the attainment of the right method, and for the realization of unbinding. In other words, the four frames of reference, which four? There is the case where a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself, ardent, alert, and mindful, putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. He remains focused on feelings, mind, mental qualities in and of themselves, ardent, alert, and mindful, putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. Body. And how does a monk remain focused on the body in and of itself? There's the case where a monk, having gone to the wilderness, to the shade of a tree, or to an empty building, sits down, folding his legs crosswise, holding his body erect and setting mindfulness to the fore, the front of the chest. Always mindful, he breathes in. Mindful, he breathes out. Yeah. Breathing in long, he discerns, I am breathing in long or breathing out long, he discerns, I am breathing out long. Or breathing in short, he discerns, I am breathing in short. Or breathing out short, he discerns, I am breathing out short. He trains himself, I will breathe in sensitive to the entire body. He trains himself, I will breathe out sensitive to the entire body. He trains himself, I will breathe in calming bodily fabrication. He trains himself, I will breathe out calming bodily fabrication. Just as a skilled turner or his apprentice when making a long turn discerns, I am making a long turn, or when making a short turn discerns, I am making a short turn. In the same way the monk when breathing in long discerns, I am breathing in long, or breathing out long he discerns, I am breathing out long. He trains himself, I will breathe in calming bodily fabrication. He trains himself. I will breathe out calming bodily fabrication. 
In this way, he remains focused internally on the body in and of itself or externally on the body in and of itself or both internally and externally on the body in and of itself or he remains focused on the phenomenon of origination with regard to the body on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to the body or on the phenomenon of origination and passing away with regard to the body or his mindfulness that there is a body is maintained to the extent of knowledge and remembrance and he remains independent unsustained by not clinging to anything in the world this is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself furthermore when walking the monk discerns i am walking did we read that yet no no uh, when standing he discerns i am standing when sitting he discerns i am sitting when lying down he discerns i am lying down or however his body is disposed that is how he discerns it in this way he remains focused internally on the body in and of itself or focused externally, unsustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself. Furthermore, when going forward and returning, he makes himself fully alert. When looking forward and looking away, when bending and extending his limbs, when carrying his outer cloak, his upper robe, and his bowl, when eating, drinking, chewing, and savoring, when urinating and defecating, when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and remaining silent, he makes himself fully alert. In this way, he remains focused internally on the body, in and of itself, or focused externally, unsustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself. Furthermore, just as if a sack with openings at both ends were full of various kinds of grain, wheat, rice, mung beans, kidney beans, sesame seeds, husked rice, and a man with good eyesight pouring it out were to reflect, this is wheat, this is rice, these are mung beans, these are kidney beans, these are sesame seeds, this is husked rice. In the same way, monks, a monk reflects on this very body from the soles of the feet on up, from the crown of the head on down, surrounded by skin, full of various kinds of unclean things. In this body, there are head hairs, body hairs, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, tendons, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, pleura, spleen, lungs, large intestines, small intestines, gorge, feces, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, 
sweat, fat, tears, skin, oil, saliva, mucus, fluid in the joints, urine. In this way, he remains focused internally on the body in and of itself, or focused externally, unsustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself. Furthermore, just as a skilled butcher or his appreciate having killed a cow, good seed at a crossroads cutting up into pieces, the monk contemplates this very body, however it stands, however it is disposed in terms of prosperities, prosperities. In this body, there is the earth property, the liquid property, the fire property, and the wind property. In this way, he remains focused internally on the body in and of itself, or focused externally, and sustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself. <clears throat> Furthermore, as if he were to see a corpse cast away in a char charnel ground, one day, two days, three days dead, bloated, livid, and festering. He applies it to this very body, this body too. Such, such is its nature, such is its future, such its unavoidable fate. Or again, as if he were to see a corpse cast away in a charnel ground picked at by crows, vultures and hawks, by dogs, hyenas, and various other creatures. A skeleton smeared with flesh and blood, connected with tendons. A fleshless skeleton smeared with blood, connected with tendons. A skeleton without flesh or blood, connected with tendons. Bones detached from their tendons, scattered in all directions. Here a hand bone, there a foot bone, here a shin bone, <coughs> a thigh bone, here a hip bone, there a backbone, here a rib, there a breastbone, here a shoulder bone, there a neck bone, here a jaw bone, there a tooth, here a skull. The bones whitened somewhat like the color of shells, piled up more than a year old, decomposed into a powder. He applies it to this very body. This body too, such is its nature, such is its future, such is its unavoidable fate. In this way, he remains focused internally on the body in and of itself, or externally on the body in and of itself, or both internally and externally on the body in and of itself. Or he remains focused on the phenomenon of origination with regard to the body, on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to the body, or on the phenomenon of origination and passing away with regard to the body. Or his mindfulness that 
there is a body is maintained to the extent of knowledge and remembrance. And he remains independent, unsustained by not clinging to anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the body in and of itself. Feelings. And how does the monk remain focused on feelings in and of themselves? There is the case where a monk, when feeling a painful feeling, discerns, I am feeling a painful feeling. When feeling a pleasant feeling, he discerns, I am feeling a pleasant feeling. When feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling, he discerns, I am feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling. When feeling a painful feeling of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a painful feeling of the flesh. When feeling a painful feeling not of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a painful feeling not of the flesh. When feeling a pleasant feeling of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a pleasant feeling of the flesh. When feeling a pleasant feeling not of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a pleasant feeling not of the flesh. When feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling of the flesh. When feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling of the flesh, he discerns, I am feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling not of the flesh. In this way, he remains focused internally on feelings in and of themselves or externally on feelings in and of themselves, or both internally and externally on feelings in and of themselves. Or he remains focused on the phenomenon of origination with regard to feelings, on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to feelings, or on the phenomenon of origination and passing away with regard to feelings, or his mindfulness that there are feelings is maintained to the extent of knowledge and remembrance. And he remains independent, unsustained by not clinging to anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on feelings in and of themselves. Mind. And how does a monk remain focused on the mind in and of itself? There is a case where a monk, when the mind has passion, discerns that the mind has passion. When the mind is without passion, he discerns that the mind is without passion. When the mind has aversion, he discerns that the mind has aversion. When the mind is without aversion, he discerns that the mind is without aversion. When the mind has delusion, he discerns that the mind has delusion. And when the mind is without delusion, he discerns that the mind is without delusion. When the mind is constricted, he discerns that the mind is constricted. When the mind is scattered, he discerns that the mind is scattered. When the mind is enlarged, he discerns that the mind is enlarged. When the mind is not enlarged, enlarged, he discerns that the mind is not enlarged. When the mind is surpassed, he discerns that the mind is surpassed. When the mind, mind is unsurpassed, he discerns that the mind is unsurpassed. When the mind is concentrated, he discerns that the mind is concentrated. 
when the mind is not concentrated, he discerns that the mind is not concentrated. When the mind is released, he discerns that the mind is released. When the mind is not released, he discerns that the mind is not released. In this way, he remains focused internally on the mind in and of itself, or externally on the mind in and of itself, or both internally and externally on the mind in and of itself. Or he remains focused on the phenomenon of origination with regard to the mind, on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to the mind, or on the phenomenon of origination and passing away with regard to the mind. Or his mindfulness that there is a mind is maintained to the extent of knowledge and re remembrance. And he remains independent, unsustained by, not clinging to, anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on the mind in and of itself, in and of itself. D, mental qualities. And how does a monk remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves? One, there is the case where a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five hindrances. And how does a monk remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five hindrances? There is the case where, there being sensual desire present within, a monk discerns that there is sensual desire present within me, or there being no sensual desire present within, he discerns that there is no sensual desire present within me. He discerns how there is the arising of unarisen sensual desire, and he discerns how there is the abandoning of sensual desire once it has arisen. And he discerns how there is no future arising of sensual desire that has been abandoned. The same formula is repeated for the remaining hindrances, ill will, sloth and drowsiness, restlessness and anxiety, and uncertainty. In this way, he remains focused internally on mental qualities in and of themselves or externally on mental qualities in and of themselves, or both internally and externally on mental qualities in and of themselves. Or he remains focused on the phenomena of origination with regard to mental qualities, on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to mental qualities, or on the phenomenon of origination and passing away with regard to mental qualities. Of this mindfulness that there are mental qualities is maintained to the extent of knowledge and remembrance, and he remains independent, unsustained, unsustained by, not clinging to anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five hindrances. Furthermore, the monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five clinging aggregates. And how does he remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five clinging aggregates? There is a case where a monk discerns such is form, such is 
of such its original origination, such its disappearance, such is feeling, such is perception, such are fabrications, such is consciousness, such is origination, such is disappearance. In this way, he remains focused internally on the mental qualities in and of themselves, or focused externally, unsustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the five clinging aggregates. Furthermore, the monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the sixfold internal and external sense media. And how does he remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the sixfold? internal and external sense media. There is the case where he discerns the eye, he discerns forms, he discerns the fetter that arises dependent on both. He discerns how there is the arising of an unarisen fetter, and he discerns how there is the abandonment, abandoning of a fetter once it has arisen. And he discerns how there is no future arising of a fetter that has been abandoned. The same formula is repeated for the remaining sense media, ear, nose, tongue, body, and intellect. In this way, he remains focused internally on the mental qualities in and of themselves, or focused externally, unsustained by anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the sixfold internal and external sense media. Furthermore, the monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the seven factors for awakening. And how does he remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the seven factors for awakening? There is the case where there being mindfulness as a factor for awakening present within, he assumes that mindfulness as a factor for awakening is present within him. Or there being no mindfulness as a factor for awakening present within, he discerns that mindfulness as a factor for awakening is not present within him. He discerns how there is the arising of unarisen mindfulness as a factor for awakening. And he discerns how there is a culmination of the development of mindfulness as a factor for awakening once it has risen. The same formula is repeated for the remaining factors for awakening. Analysis of qualities, persistence, rapture, serenity, concentration, and equanimity. In this way, he remains focused internally on mental qualities in and of themselves, or externally unsustained by, not clinging to, anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the seven factors for awakening. Five. Furthermore, the monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the four noble truths. And how does he remain focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the four noble truths? There is the case where he discerns as it has come to be, that this is stress. He discerns, as it has come to be, that this is the origination of stress. 
He discerns as it has come to be that this is the cessation of stress. He discerns that it, as it has come to be that this is the way leading to the cessation of stress. In this way, he remains focused internally on mental qualities in and of themselves, or externally on the mental qualities in and of themselves, or both internally and externally on mental qualities in and of themselves. <clears throat> or he remains focused on the phenomenon of origination with regard to mental qualities, on the phenomenon of passing away with regard to mental qualities, or on the phenomenon of originating and passing away with regard to mental qualities. Or his mindfulness that there are mental qualities is maintained to the extent of knowledge and remembrance. And he remains independent, unsustained by, not clinging to, anything in the world. This is how a monk remains focused on mental qualities in and of themselves with reference to the four noble truths. Okay. Conclusion. Now, if anyone could develop these four frames of reference in this way for seven years, one of the two one of two fruits can be expected for him. Either Gnosis, right here or and now, or if there be any remnant of clean sustenance, non-return, let alone seven years. If anyone would develop these four frames of reference in six months, five, four, three, two months, one month, half a month, one of two fruits can be expected. Either Gnosis right here and now, or if there be any remnant of clinging sustenance, non-return. Let alone half a month. If anyone would develop these four frames of reference in this way, for seven days, one of two fruits can be expected for him, either, not gnosis, either gnosis right here and now, or if there be any remnant of clinging sustenance, non-return. This is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and distress, for the attainment of the right method, and for the realization of unbinding. In other words, the four frames of reference. Thus was it said, and in reference to this was it said. That is what the Blessed One said, ratified the monks delighted in the Blessed One's words. Thank you. That was a wonderful reading. And I guess everyone is now fully alert and ardent. It's a little, I found it a little numbing to read the whole thing. But then you get to the end, and you think, gosh, this intensive is only a few days. If it were only seven days, we would not have to come back or, or we'd be fully enlightened or something. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing sort of uh, promise at the end. It's quite amazing. But as, as will come clear, as we work through the actual meditations suggested by Analio, and we'll hear his words describing these, meditations and, and guiding us in meditation as well. It's a very, very lovely practice. Uh, and as and leads to the type of full body awareness and, and completely open awareness that Dogen talks about. And so on. I'll, I'll talk about those kind of connections. Next time. 